Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out Mahoney Matters Interviews. And it's always fun to interview people coming to the area to perform. Uh, we've got comedian Basil. Um, he was here about a year ago, and he's coming back. Uh, it should be fun. Robin's Theater, March 2nd. Um, he's filming a comedy special. He was telling me beforehand, it's going to Netflix. So if you want to watch a Netflix special being taped, uh, check out Basil. Uh, we've got the information on our website. But welcome, Basil. Thanks for stopping by. Chris, thanks so much for having me, brother. It really is exciting to do this interview in the confines of my office where I have yes. Bullwinkle and the Aladdin genie behind me. Uh, just really excited. Thanks for having me, brother. Uh, yeah, I, I made all my collectibles in front of me, so you don't have to see them. So be good. Um, yeah, what's it like doing Netflix? I, you, you've done some other stuff like that in the past, like Dry Bar and everything else. Uh, do you feel a little bit more... Like, what goes into saying, man, this show I'm going to do is going to be on TV somewhere? Does that, I hate to say apprehension, but does that give you a different feeling when you go to a show like this? Nah, you know, listen, man, I tour all over the world. I mean, I just okay. finished an Australian tour uh, from uh, late October all the way through mid-December uh, before Christmas. And it was uh, doing that. But it was doing mostly, you know, my Greek stuff because I do my stand-up in Greek as well as in English. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the people out in Campbell, my brothers and sisters, come see me. Uh, so anyway, uh, no gyros, no tzatziki sauce, please. Whatever you do, keep away from that before you go. We want people to smell good without the garlic yes, taste yes. in their mouths and everything. Um, no, man, it's it's really uh, fun for me to go to any city. And of course, there's some you know certain idiosyncrasies that every city has. Little things that you can tease, little things that you know about. For example, the biggest joke that I always had about Youngstown is that you have a museum called the Museum of Labor and Manufacturing. Right. This is in the middle of a union country, labor yes. and manufacturing, a museum of labor and manufacturing. I went to go visit. They were on strike. Who knew? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I love the area, man. I mean, and to perform there, those jokes, they go throughout the world. Every one knows about the unions around the world. Everyone speaks English, even the Greeks in Greece. When I perform in Greece, you know, it's kind of funny. They say, oh, my God, we love your Greek show. Can you do some of your general audience show that you do for, you know, for the English or for the English speaking? So, of course, everyone speaks English. So it translates across the board. It doesn't really matter, man. And my God, there is such a, a plethora of material to use in, in the greater Youngstown area. Love it, brother. I, I truly do. Um, so what don't we know about the Greek people? I mean, we love Greek people. Um, I, I think about, you know, the big fat Greek wedding. I mean, I think sometimes uh, the issue we in America have is we watch a movie like that. We understand the Greek people because we watch that movie. What don't we know about the Greek people that like we don't see in movies like, you know, big fat Greek wedding and stuff like that? Chris, great question. First of all, let's be honest. The Greeks gave us the cornerstone of society as we know it today. The cornerstone of society. We gave the world art, philosophy, democracy, everything from architecture all the way down to zoology. And what are we known for now? Yogurt. What the hell happened? That's all I'm asking. Someone yeah. left the milk out for three days. Bam. Yogurt. Okay. That's perfect. Okay. Uh, listen, man, I'm very proud of my people. Uh, you know, the Greeks have always been very, very... Uh, influential when it came you know as far as you know, it, these people came over from greece during the periods of of the early 1900s they came from war-torn areas after the second world war as well and these people 
for hardworking people, like many immigrants. Okay, and that's why the it, it seems like every different nationality comes to my shows. Maybe German, mm -hmm. Polish, whatever the case may be, Greek, Italians, whatever. And these are hardworking people that literally have come to this country. And you hear the stories, oh, my father came to the country with only $20 in his bill, or my grandfather with only $20 in his pocket, and that was it. And look, and now he owns a corporation. These are true stories, because the work ethic was always there. So if the work ethic was there and the opportunity was there, put it together, you're going to do something. Uh, listen, I, I've always been very, very proud of my heritage. My mother is from an island, the Blue Zone, which you probably are aware of in Greece. Mm -hmm. It's called Ikaria, where my okay. people, yeah, Ikaria, these people live to be in their hundreds. My grandmother's 106. My grandfather is 105. They talk about the will. We don't know why. They're never going to die. We've tried everything to kill them, Chris, but they just won't go down, okay? So these, the my grandparents are still living. My mom and dad's still living. These are just unbelievable individuals, and they had that strong work ethic that's involved, and, um, you know, it just made it easy for me, and I probably picked the hardest thing to actually do. I mean, I got a chance to go to law school, and look what I'm doing. It's a natural transition, law school, yeah. <laughs> media. Okay, you understand. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, for me, it was always a lot of fun to to talk about being Greek and the, the ethnic heritage that we have. Um, people love when they go to the Greek festivals. So just think of my show as a cartoon at a Greek festival. You're going to smell a little tzatziki sauce, and it's going to be perfect. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, hopefully all of them will come, especially you people over there. And Camel, I want you to come. So I'm looking forward to you. Definitely. I, I love talking to people who know how to do voices. And, you know, you told me beforehand, we see on your website, you've done James Brown and other people. Yeah. Well, what, what's that like? I mean, how hard is that to do? I mean, I think we all think we could do certain people well, but how hard is it to refine and make it part of your comedy? You know, doing the James Brown stuff, and I started off with a radio station about uh, almost 20 years, some even probably longer than 20 years ago, uh, WMMS in Cleveland with Jeff yeah. and Flash. Yeah. So when I was on Jeff and Flash, you know, I was doing the voice of James Brown. I was doing all these character voices that they wanted me to do, Bullwinkle, and it was because of Jeff Kinsbach and Ed Flash Ferentz. Uh, I got the gig doing Bullwinkle uh, for the series uh, that they redid and remastered. Bill Scott was the original voice of Bullwinkle. And my job was to go there and fix these original loops that were made from 1959, early 1961. And then I got a chance to do a bunch of uh, Taco Bell commercials back in the day uh, with June Foray. Okay, so June Foray. And I, you know, and I didn't, I didn't know I had that talent. It just kind of goofed off, you know, and just kind of molded itself. And Kinsbach threw an email or not even an email phone call to the people at that time. Um, uh, called Buena Vista, uh, and Buena Vista actually owned the Bullwinkle cartoons and stuff like that. So I was, you know, they owned that, and then um, Universal Studios picked it up, and so it belongs to Universal Studios. If I can ask, I mean, I know James Brown's been gone for a while, but say, you know, we were talking to James Brown about upcoming concert Robins. What, what would you think? What would James Brown well, say? I, I don't this? know about the Robins there, but James Brown, I, I, I'd show you a picture of a great shot that was done uh, by, by a photographer named George Shuba. 
okay. uh, who worked at the Cleveland Plain Dealer and took an original shot of James Brown and he gave me an original print. And I'm looking at it right over there because I always say that James Brown was the hardest working man in show business. I'm the second sure. hardest. And okay. um, so during the OJ trials, when OJ uh, got in trouble um, with the murders and stuff uh, that he was accused of, of doing, who else would have a better understanding of how the white man was treating, you know, mm-hmm. the black man, you know, but James Brown, who was in prison and he would call in and I had worldwide syndication on the armed forces radio and through here. And it would sound something like this. Good God almighty. This is James Brown with another OJ. trial. <laughs> Let me tell you white people what went down. It seemed that Big Bird, Marshall Clark, were talking to Big Bird, Debbie Dodden. Looking to the other side, I was sober number two, Johnny Cochran, F.D. Pearl Bailey, and he, my Shira Shapira. And they were talking about a thing called DNA, also known as the Nuh. Now, the Dana has a thing called G-Track. G-1, G-2, G-3, G-4, G-5. Sushi Man Needle, he jumped back and went, hey, you suck my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> this is James Brown with another OJ trial of Take it away. Well, I would do that every, so I would get home from a gig or get back to a hotel from a gig or go to the bar. If you remember, all the CNN updates were at 11 o'clock, right, to show you what happened at the OJ trial. So I would run with my legal pad and run and run lines, whatever. Everyone had a moniker, Big Butt, Debbie uh, Darden, Sushi Manito, He's My Hero Shapiro, uh, Big Bird, Marshall, everyone, Mark KKK Furman, everyone had a moniker, right, that they wow. used. And so I was doing it for John Boy and Billy. I was doing it for Bob and Tom. I was doing it for... Uh, radio out of New York, and then we had the syndications, and then Rick Dees had me to do the countdown. As long as it wasn't too racy, because we also had to be careful of that. I don't know if you can have a white man who's six foot two, two hundred forty pounds, do the voice of James Brown right now. Yeah, <laughs> with wokeism being what it is, but I think it was well actually one fun time because you could use your imagination, and I did it. Believe it or not, for a whole year five times a week. And it was a pain in the butt, to be honest with you. And I don't think I got any sleep because not only was I doing the syndication WPLJ out of New York, but I also had to do it for Rick D's. And I would do the syndication at four, three in the morning, three 30 in the morning, every morning. So I had to do that and then wind up doing the other stations that I had to do. I, I was a big fan of Norm McDonald who literally got fired for doing OJ jokes on Saturday Night Live but he got warned. A lot of people don't know how many times yeah, he got warned. I know, I know. So stay away from this. <laughs> but, but there's probably a big documentary that could be done, you know, from what you went through the norm and everything else about, you know, the comedy about there at the time of the OJ trial. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that went into that. Um, yeah, and, you know, like you said here on your website, you know, a lot of um, appearances on different uh, programs. Um, you've got involved with some family stuff like Bullwinkle, um, Jay Moose. How's stuff like that been uh, to do stuff with that? And uh, I know you've done some stuff with Disney as well. Well, yeah, I mean, the stuff that we did with Disney was was great. And when, when they asked me to do whatever, um, but uh, it's really the universal uh, studios has really been phenomenal to me. Yeah. Um, voice work. Um, I don't know if you're a big, are you a big ESPN guy? I don't know well, if you're yeah. or not. Okay. Yeah. So about, uh, 10, 12 years ago, I guess, uh, the, the original 30 for thirties yeah. uh, came out. Uh, there was, excuse me, there was one, um, called the legend of Jimmy the Greek. And if you could see 
somewhere up there back there on top shelf there. I did the voice of Jimmy the Greek Schneider. Um, so it was great being able to do that. Um, and it was a, um, how can I say this? It was a joy to do it because he's Greek. Yeah. And they asked me to do the voice. And I actually lent my voice uh, to the documentary as the voice of Jimmy the Greek. And then they had everyone on there as well. Um, um, you know, they had Brent Musburger, Irv Cross. Uh, they, they had all the characters from the NFL today on CBS. So it was really great to be able to do that. And then there's a new thing that's out right now called One More Round, and it's the Guy Casal story. So people can go ahead, and I narrated that as well. So I've been blessed with a decent voice. I mean, I, I was a trained vocal artist as far as I sang opera, but I was a baritone. And as a baritone, you can buy 10 baritones for a nickel. You know, it wasn't anything unique, but a bass or a true tenor, although I can go falsetto with that with all my different characters, I had good voice control on my throat to be able to do that uh, through my voice box. But it was just one of those things, man, I was just blessed to do. And I couldn't speak English when I was a kid. So I can only respond to my mom and dad in Greek. But I would see Bullwinkle. And my mom would say, you know, Vasilaki, which is my name in Greek, Vasili, Vasilaki. And I go, Tina me did a third of the and And my mom would say, that's it. We got to teach him English. We really, really do. Yeah. So that's why it started for me. Fantastic. So again, uh, Basil is going to be coming to uh, Robin's um, Theater, um, uh, filming that Basilicious uh, Netflix comedy special. So it sounds like uh, if we go, um, there's a lot of cool things we can see at the show. Um, a little bit of everything, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I mean, I take it from the beginning. I throw you a bunch of curveballs. You think you're getting this, but you're actually getting that. And people who know me, I don't do a dirty show. So people who know me, I do this kind of PG-13 slash a little bit R. And they, if they want to bring their kids, they can't. Because I'm sure the kids know more worse language than I do, for God's sakes. But right. my thing has always been to keep it to a point where it wasn't disgusting. You know, no. you don't want, you've seen comics like that. It's not my style. Especially when you go into a beautiful theater like the Robbins Theater. It oh, is yeah. fantastic. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a theater that's really a piece of art that made it through all these years, right? I'm sure it was a movie theater at another time before it was a theater, then a movie theater, then it became all of a sudden a theater again. And Ken Hyderis did a, a heck of a job actually literally going ahead and and creating this, uh, fixing that theater up and creating all the shows that he brings. I mean, doing the comedy thing there is a little bit different than it once was uh, because a lot of comedians will not do a theater. I like seats that hold... 13 to 1500 people. I like that. I love to hear the roar of the crowd. I like to see what they can do. And, and, you know, you pull them in different directions. And I love working the audience a little bit too, because it makes it unique. And that's, that's what I'm all about. A different style of, of entertainment that um, basically is going to be real special. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, it should be fun. It looks like uh, it should be a fun show, and uh, definitely check it out. Again, we're going to include information about uh, Basil, is comedy, um, the website, 
Uh, but most importantly for Basil, I mean, if you can buy a ticket, check it out. Uh, we'll have a link there to buy tickets too. Well, Basil, it's been fun to talk to you. Hang on for a minute afterwards. Um, thanks for your time. Uh, yes. Have a great show in uh, March 2nd. I will see you there and all the people out there right now in the greater Youngstown area, Warren area. I will see you there March 2nd. Be there, be square. And I got a great opening act with me. Mike Gersh will be my opening act. Fantastic. Thanks, man.